Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Title Talk. I'm here with two of my very good friends. I'm here with Mr. LB. How are you, LB? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. As a matter of fact, uh, another day in Patriots land. We finally started to have some things happen. We took a few weeks off there, but I woke up and I saw the Troy Brown news. Uh, I'm Troy Brown. Trent Brown news. Troy Brown, though, we loved him, too. And uh all of a sudden, first thing I thought was, wow, the Patriots got Trent Brown. I mean, Bryson must just be going bonkers. And wouldn't you know it, I go to the, t- I go to the timeline, or I go to, his, go to his, his page, Brady, with two Ys, NFL. And I'm like, yeah, he saw it. He's so excited because nobody, nobody stands offensive linemen like Bryson, so you just know it makes their day. Because, like, offensive linemen don't have stands, but now they do. They have Bryson. <laughs> it's a... It's like just that meme of like the people up, up at the ceiling saying, "My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard." It's just Trent <laughs> Brown and me. How are you doing today, Mister Barth? How are we doing, guys? This was a fun day. We got no more, no more drama, no more Bill or Brady nonsense. We got to talk about actual football. It was great, right, guys. I woke up early this morning, and luckily I did because the Trent Brown news dropped, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, "Wow." I thought my life was over in February 2019 when I heard that Trent Brown was going to the Raiders. He had that big suit on with his nice car when he signed the deal. And then in September, I was like, yeah, this this doesn't appear to be working. And believe it or not, Trent Brown wanted to be back. He's back now. Are you guys as happy as, as I am? Are you loving this? Well, let me just speak to what Barth just said, and then I'll let, then I'll let Alex, Alex go. I don't really have... I'll let him go first, really, but I just want to get one thing out of the way. Um, I love that he just said about no Brady versus Belichick. It's a great point because all of a sudden today, though, what I'm seeing is, man, Bill's a genius. <laughs> it took like one, one move for an offensive tackle, and everybody's like, man, genius move by Bill. Bill just replaced Tooney, and now the tackles, and they're going to either move in Wenu, or maybe they move Win, or maybe they move this guy. Bill is just playing chess, playing checkers and chess and their plan and it's just, it's just been funny to see like that immediate reversal but i'll let i'll let uh, mr barth speak more to the impact that uh, trent could possibly have no you're right it's a what have you done for me lately league i think today's a great example of that and no it's 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 a really good signing they get better the question is here is you know there's a number of ways they can go with this do they cut Marcus Cannon, do they move Trent Brown to right tackle? And it's essentially just a $2 million upgrade over there at right tackle with the money they save cutting Cannon. Or does this mean that they're over Isaiah Wynn, that they're done with that experiment and, you know, they want to try something else? And I see most people wanting Trent Brown at right tackle and to get rid of Marcus Cannon. I'm actually in the other camp. You know, Marcus Cannon, I, I, a lot of people, they've just been like, cut him, he sucks. I, we don't know what he's going to be after a year away, but he wasn't bad in 2019. He was a starting caliber NFL right tackle. I think that Isaiah Wynn, he, he hasn't played more than 10 games in a year. He's not 
their traditional left tackle, right? They went for the smaller, more athletic guy. And I think it's shown at times that that maybe isn't a fit for their scheme. And the other thing, the Trent Brown's a better left tackle. People today, they want to play all these players out of position. I've seen, you know, well, we can move Isaiah Wynn into guard and then Michael and Wenu at, at, at right tackle and then Trent Brown. Like, let's clear some stuff up. Isaiah Wynn's not big enough to play guard. Michael and Wenu was a great tackle last year. However good he was at tackle, he's better at guard. If you play him at guard, you maximize his ability. Mm-hmm. Trent Brown's a better left tackle than right tackle. And the other thing, just think about this for a second. And, and Matt Chatham brought this up this morning. He was the first one I saw bring it up. Trent Brown comes in at what, 360, right? I think 365. I don't want to shortchange your boy, Bryson, but I, I think he's in the <laughs> 360 range. Uh, Michael and Wenu's right around there as well, 350. Those two guys on the left side of the line next to each other, mm-hmm. 10 yards a carry off the left side this year, if that's how you <laughs> line it up. I mean, that is, talk about just people movers. You put those two guys next to each other, and then you pull Shaq Mason over there, and you have him coming around the edge to clear the way. You're going to be able to run the ball whenever you want, however you want, off that left side. So I am. I, I think it's a great signing. I, if, if they put him at right tackle and they move on from Marcus Cannon, uh, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I still think they should invest in a left tackle in the draft because wins contracts up after this year, and I like having uh, a developmental tackle on a rookie deal. And I just don't see Win getting a second deal here. Uh, but whatever, whatever they do, the Patriots are a better team today than they were yesterday because they made this move. Uh, you, you can't help but be happy about it. Mr. Bart, uh, I, know Bryce, I really, I just want to say, Bryce I don't know how you something. could come, you don't, I don't no, know how you could come on here and like disrespect me, like on my own podcast saying Isaiah <laughs> Wynn should be moved and Trent Brown shouldn't start. Like, I don't know what else to say. Wait, when it, I did, no, I said I'm sick of people. No, I, I said Isaiah Wynn should not be moved inside. Oh, I man. love it. Okay, I, I mean, I'm, I'm holding my chest over here. I don't know if I'm going to start weeping or what. I will no, no he's, Isaiah wins a tackle. He's not a guard. He's a, he's a tackle. He can't play. In, I'm not saying Brown shouldn't start. I'm saying the people who want to try to get Trent Brown, Isaiah Wind, and Marcus Cannon all in the lineup at once. Yes, you can't. Right. You can't but do I'm that. Here to, I'm here to argue for it. Hear me Come out, Mr. Bard. So you want to put Isaiah Wynn at guard? Can I say something real quick before Bryson gets a real take? I just have a football meathead take. I used to say this before the Super Bowl because Bryson had that great tweet after the Super Bowl where he had Trent Brown standing next to Aaron Donald. How cool is it, like you just said, those two big, massive men on your left side? How cool is it just to have, like, the two biggest people on the field on your side, like on your team? That's it. You guys can get into the real stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it is really nice. I'm so happy to have Trent Brown back. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ha- here's my take, Alex. Yeah. The opposite of what you just said. Trent Brown goes to left tackle like he did with the Patriots last time. Instead of just flipping win the right tackle, just move him aside. Trust me, he'll be all right. He's not the worst guard. He won't be the worst guard. He won't be that bad. And Michael Unwin has been awesome at tackle. And he's like a better Marcus Cannon who started at right tackle and, by the way, was a guard at one point. And the Patriots chose to keep him at right tackle because, in my opinion, He's already he, in a rookie COVID year. He's already been awesome. He's just a rookie. He could get better. How do we know he won't just be a better right tackle? He might be. And the Patriots kind of like doing that. They already they've already seen he's good. They don't like to flip all these positions around. Just one. Just put Isaiah Wynn to left guard, and you can trade him. Whatever you can right. trade him, do whatever. Wait for the next year because they're not paying him a right. They're not going to pay him for to play left yeah. tackle. No, and I, I would look to trade him. I think that's the right call, whatever you get for him. Look, if you get a fifth-round pick back, you essentially got Trent Brown for free. Mm, I just, I, I don't think, 
again, I don't think Wynn has the size. Like, he's a, he's more of an, an agile lineman. I don't think he has the size or the strength to play inside the way they're going to want him to play. And on Michael and Wenu, like, I get what you're saying. And this is the argument I'm making. I understand it's a very hard argument to make. But as good as, like, as, good as he is at tackle, he's just going to be better at guard. He's better suited for it physically. His skill set, his technique is a lot crisper at guard. He's just... As, and he is a good tackle. You're right. He's a starting caliber tackle. But if he's a starting caliber tackle, but a Pro Bowl caliber guard, shouldn't he be playing? Aren't you getting the most out of him if you have him play guard? Can I say something real quick? I think that tackle is a much harder position. And if you have a tackle as good as what Omenu was as a rookie, you leave him a tackle. I think it's easier to find guards in the NFL. I really do. Out on out in tackle, you are you're off on your own. Basically, you're on an island. It's very difficult. I've seen the Patriots have the ability to find guards rather quickly. I personally would rather leave. I don't know about you guys. I know you guys are arguing that a little bit. I think it's a fun discussion because there's so many different ways they could go with this now, and that's what makes this. Right. I mean, we're having a great discussion about offensive line. I mean, how often does Love that it. happen, right? Um, and when I think no matter what you do, you can't go wrong because everything you just said is correct. It really is. And then I think from a different point of view, finding offensive tackles in the NFL can be difficult. And if you have a bad one, Marshall Newhouse, you just see how how much it can impact your game a little bit. I think it's a little bit easier to find guards. And I would also like to add, and then I'll let you guys speak to it. Wynn did start a game at guard this year, and he was terrible. I, I, I know I like Wynn a lot. I do. Minus, I, I wish he didn't have the injury history that he had because I think he's a great guy. I think he's a really, really talented player. The times we've seen him play guard, he did not look good. Yeah, again, I just, I don't think he's built for it. And again, the other guy in this conversation is Justin Harris, who was, you know, if it's not for Michael Onwenu, he's the Patriots rookie of the year last year, probably. I mean, he just got beat out by a guy who had, you know, maybe the best rookie season by a Patriots lineman in a decade. So, you know, do you try Justin Harris at right tackle? You can probably get Jermaine Illuminor back on short money. I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I trust them to find a short-term right tackle, and then you go back into the draft and you find somebody. Uh, I know you said it's harder than finding guards, but if somebody's going to you know, find and draft and develop a, a starting caliber right tackle, it's going to be the Patriots, because here's the other thing. They taught Michael Owenu, so I'll, I'll, I'll counter your point of how good Michael Owenu was. If they taught a guy in Michael Owenu who hadn't played tackle since high school, and they turned him into that caliber offensive tackle in one year, a COVID year, Imagine what they can do with a guy who has a basic background of being a, a right tackle and already has that base set of being a right tackle. Imagine what they can do with that guy. Yeah, they could just. Oh, okay. Let's not go crazy here. No, may, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I was on a show before. I was I'm on a show kidding. with Evan. And I mean, people brought his name up. You just, you, anything you get from him is bonus because you don't know that he's going to be healthy. I think Justin Heron's that guy. Or if they go into the draft, it's a really deep chat tackle draft. They can get a guy in round three or four who's going to have starter quality upside. Um, and maybe I, uh, look, maybe it's Yad- Yadney's good when he's healthy. He was a really good player at West Virginia. Oh, Yadney could just love. Let's go, Bryson. He, he didn't he, go he in the third round. Videos. He didn't go in the third round because he's bad. He went in the third round because he's never healthy. Bryson loves this guy. He used to share the vi- videos of him fighting on the field all the time. <laughs> I remember West that. Virginia kid. You got to remember, Bryce is from West Virginia. This is a West Virginia Mountaineer we're talking about. And uh, I think Bryson's calves could probably beat his calves. But overall, I know that Bryson turned me into a could just stand. 
uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't kind of had, you know, he, things kind of haven't broke his way yet, but you never know in year three. Can I ask you guys something, though? Seeing that they restructured his deal so that Trent Brown's deal is essentially a one-year deal, uh, I start to worry, like, I'm going to see the Patriots draft a tackle in the first Let's round. Yeah. Like, it's, that's going to be his replacement. They were at Rashawn Slater's workout today. They might have to trade up to get Rashawn Slater. But they were at his workout today. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out. The, the, the hope, so LB, I'll kind of talk you off the ledge here from that a little bit. <laughs> it's it's such a good tackle draft. There are guys who might be first round picks in other years you're gonna be who you're gonna be able to get in the third round. And they might recognize that and wait. They're gonna take a tackle in the first two days. I think that's happening. But the the depth is there where they might not do it in the first round. Yeah, I get it. You can always have good tackles. It's always great to have good tackles. Like, look around the entire league. If you have a bad offensive line, you're pretty much screwed. And the Patriots can pretty much always draft good tackles. And why not just Trent, extend Trent Brown already, like right now, as we're sitting here? I mean, I think I think part of the reason they restructured is the way they restructured the contract, like, it's it's set up. If they want to extend him, they can do it. Let's do it. So and he, I, he said I'm money's not, not the issue out. anymore. Was that? You know, I saw a text. It said, Bill wants guys that want to be here and they want to win. And I love the fact that they got Trent Brown who wants to be here, yep. you know, and he wants to win. Yep. So I love that. I love that type of stuff. I think that if you want to get your culture back and up and running, because I know a lot of people say, oh, the Patriots are the culture change. Like, that's a good thing. You know, like that's the last thing I want them to change is their culture, because I want as much of that, you know, 20 20-year culture as we can still get, um, whether that be bringing back KVN, whether that be bringing back a guy like Cooks who, who keeps saying all the right things about the Patriots. I, I love the move for that way, for that reason too, is just getting people that – getting somebody that wants to be here. And once again, all of the Bill takes, all of the stuff. Nobody wants to play for Bill. It was all Brady. All of a sudden, Trent Brown just took less money to come back and play for Bill. Yeah, no, it's – I think that, that squashed a lot. Look, we've always known this. Not every kind of, not every player in the NFL, not every guy can play for Belichick. It takes a certain kind of player to play here. It might be more pronounced. That might be a more pronounced issue now. But I don't think anybody ever, ever thought that any, any player could come into the Patriots and succeed. I don't think that that was, if you thought that, you were wrong. It takes a certain kind of guy to be here. Oh, I absolutely agree, man. Totally agree. I like what Brandon Cook said. Cook said, um, February 3rd, he said, if you like to work hard, you'll like it there, essentially. You know, if you don't like to work hard, you won't be there. I'll, I'll try to dig up the exact quote, but it was along those lines. He said, if you like to work hard, you'll like it there. So I'm totally with you, Barth. Totally with you, man. Totally you with says, you. You suggested Cooks, LB. Why don't we just sign him? You're going to get cut. Hey, if, if he gets cut, man, um, somebody sent me something that says like he doesn't want to be traded again or he won't accept another trade. I'm sorry, but if they say, hey, we're trading you New England, trading you to New England, I think that he'd be all about it. He continues to say all these great things about the Patriots, how much he enjoyed his time here, about how, you know, like the quote I just read you guys. I think you need guys like that. You need guys that want to be in the building, guys that want to win, guys that want to be here. Um they're not worried. How worried are some of these guys about the QB situation? I have no idea because a lot of times, right, this is why I love the idea of trading for guys under contract is because realistically they have no choice about where they're going to go and they're just showing up and they want to get paid and they want to go to work. Um, so you might not get Allen Robinson, but I tend to think if you threw the bag and said, we're going to pay you the most Allen Robinson, he'd probably show up even if Bill Belichick was throwing him passes. I don't think, 
I think a lot of that stuff tends to be a little bit overblown. Um, but listen, the idea of cooks and I totally admit I was kind of hard on the first go around. I used to think, man, you know, he, he didn't do this right. He didn't do this right. Or he'd have a drop here or there, or he'd do, he'd make the wrong play here or there. But he came in right away, put up a thousand yards. And as time went on, I realized I was way too hard on the guy. I think I expected like 1300 yards right off the bat for some reason um he immediately came in i think his role was changed a little bit because they expected julian edelman to be there edelman blows out his knee in detroit there and for the preseason and it's really cook's role probably kind of changed that day so i'm all about the idea of it he put up i think 1300 yards again last year the guy just always produces and he's still only going to be 28 next season so i'd love that if you could add a brandon cooks and the guy wants to be here he likes what the patriots do he understands the culture and he can bring some of that culture back as a matter of fact because i i start to worry how much of that culture has walked out the door i I think that's a valid worry no i i wrote about cooks last year actually because everybody do you remember last year when people were talking about you know when the patriots needed to trade for stefan diggs or whatever it was and people like yeah they can't make another cooks trade it was a mess like people forget the brandon cooks trade worked out really well and i went a little Mm -hmm. over the top when i wrote this but you know there 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 is a bit of a parallel between brandy between brandon cooks career in new england and randy moss's career in new england they, tr- they they were acquired for a pick. They put up massive seasons in a year where Brady won MVP. They lost a Super Bowl. And then they were traded away for the same value pick they were acquired for. Like, it, it was, it, granted, Randy Moss put up much better numbers. And Brandon Cooks was a first-round pick, not a fourth-round pick. But it's the same idea. And the other thing with Cooks, people don't realize. You mentioned you wanted the 1,300 yards, right? Brandon Cooks is better than anybody I've ever seen in a drawing pass interference. He's so freaking good at it. Great and when point. you Look at that added, Jaguars game, man. Right. When you added Brandon, if you if you added receiving yards and pass interference yards drawn, if you combined those two, Cooks led the league in yards that year. What he, he did had, against that Jacksonville secondary yeah. in the AFC Championship game, he ran by everybody all day long, kept drawing those flags. I mean, he, he, had he really earned hundreds of yards in passing. He had hundreds of yards of pass interference in that season. And then, you know, I, again, I get it. He got concussed in the Super Bowl. That was a stupid play. And I'm sure mm-hmm. he would tell you that stupid play to try to hurdle right there. But a, I think a lot of people look at that play, by the way, that play did not cost them the Super Bowl. Okay. No, they allowed how many points not. in that game? They allowed how yep. many points in that game? I'm sure that was because Brandon Cooks was concussed. You're so, absolutely right. He didn't cost them the Super Bowl with either right. play. With the spin, with the what he did, if Brandon Cooks plays the entire night, I, I don't see it changing much just right. because of how good the offense was, anyways. So I hear you. Singular stupid play, it happens. You move on. Really good receiver. I think one of the more underrated players in the league. The problem is so because people look at him as always getting traded, and they think it makes him like a lesser player. New Orleans wasn't going to pay him because they wanted to pay my, Michael Thomas. They trade him to New England. He really wanted the extension to New England, but they don't pay anybody. So they trade him. They get their pick back. They trade him to the Rams, who signed him to this gross contract that he was never going to live up to. So all of a sudden, you have this good player, but a guy who's never going to be worth his contract. So he just kind of gets traded year to year because the best the best place for him was a team that was trying to capitalize on a one-year window and could overpay a guy for a year. And Hey, Alex, can yeah. I ask you a quick question? So yeah. what you just said, he wanted to be here. He wanted that extension. How much stock do you put into the reports that um, he was Jimmy? He was a Jimmy G acquisition, and that's why they didn't ride that one out. Do you believe that? Uh, oh, I I don't. 
I mean, like, I'm not saying I don't totally believe it. I just don't know that that's how the Patriots operate entirely. Yep. Like, I, I think there's I think there's some truth in that. I think there's creative phrasing in that. I, you know. I like I, that creative phrasing. I right. like that. <laughs> I don't think he was brought in like, oh, this guy and Jimmy G, they're partners. And this is like, I don't think that's what it was. I think it was Jimmy G at the time was viewed as the future. Here's a young guy you can maybe lock up and here's the future. But then Brady stays and you got to pay Brady and, and you got to find the money somewhere else. And that's just where the money was, I think, was in not paying Brandon Cooks and knowing, well, we have Tom Brady. We need money else on the roster. You know, if we if we had Jimmy, we would need this top level wide receiver. We have Brady, so we don't. So we can free up that money. Like, does that does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yep. And I just wanted your thoughts on it. That's no, it's a good, it's a very good question, but yeah, I think that he was just kind of, he got put in a bad spot with a bad contract, but he's still a very good player. He's very underrated. And then they need speed. They need a downfield threat. They need speed. I know we all like Demir bird and you know, he's an NFL player, but he's like a fourth wide receiver. They need like a real downfield threat. And that's what Brandon cooks is. And I'd love to see him back. I'll let, I will, with let I know Bryson probably has has tons of thoughts. Right. I, just I, say, big, I, love, I saw I, him getting into <laughs> with somebody about Tamir Bird the other day. I didn't disagree with what oh, you said, Bryson. No, I think you agree Bird. with me that Brandon Cooks is better. I was just going to yeah. say that I remember Bryson and I discussed this last summer where we would talk and we really talk and there's like no trolling bullcrap. And we discussed this. That offense was disgustingly slow even back in August. It is just so slow. So it was nice to see Bird, but I mean, the idea of Cooks, who was a much better player than Bird, and I like Bird too, just for what it's worth. I think he was open a right. ton. He didn't get the targets that he probably should have, but right. yeah, I just wanted to address what you just said about speed, just because that offense was disgustingly slow, probably the past two years, just way too slow. I think the thing that they they really need to do this offseason is make the offense as quarterback friendly as they can. So if Cooks does get cut and you can sign him for like a like a I don't think he'll get crazy money anything like that. But you can sign Cooks back. You still have a ton of, ton of money for like Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers, Brandon Cooks. Very good start. And if Cannon also gets cut too, that's that's some cap space. But that's a really good start for a quarterback. Trent Brown, Curtis Samuel, Brandon Cooks, Jacoby Myers, maybe Edelman. Yeah, and then you add in. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna sign somebody at free agency. Evan Lazar had the report that they have a bag ready. We don't know for who, but there's a bag John ready Smith. for receiver. Uh, maybe John o. Smith too, but I think it was specifically receiver. So, you know, Curtis Samuel or or Corey Davis or Juju or whoever. You know, you have that guy. You have Cooks. You go out. You get John o. Smith. Like now, and then Jacoby Myers becomes your you know your fourth wide receiver. Just a guy guy you kind of plug in where you need him when somebody needs a breather. Now you have like a real offense put together. You still need to figure out the quarterback, but you're going to be able to put the quarterback in and boom, you're going to have an offense that can go. And like you said, the offense last year, it's not just that the players were slow. The offense was slow. Everything about it was slow. Oh, they yeah. started slow. They operated slow. It was just everything. You're, if you make those kind of additions, you're going to have an offense that can move the football. Oh, you're getting me excited. I miss offense. I I'm love very excited. Defense. I love a good defense, man. You know, I, I enjoyed Super Bowl 53. It was probably the most relaxing Patriots Super Bowl I ever saw because the defense was so dominant that I never had to worry. You know what I mean? But please, I need some offense again in my life. I just, I need that offense again in my life, man. I know weapons, I we'll they there. used to be the anti-weapons Patriots crew out there, but I think that it finally got to the point where you can only take that so far. And then if you so keep pushing it, Yes. You have, you have nothing. You There's know? a balance between 
weapons with a Z, I think, is what they do. Like, so I've been (laughs) saying this, and I know Alan Robinson's off the board, but I'll use this example. I've been saying this for months, right? If you're going to pay $25 million, you're going to spend $25 million on wide receivers. Are you better off giving Alan Robinson the $25 million or giving Corey Davis 15 and then giving I, I pick a receiver, you know, like a 15 and a who was that? Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, perfect. Are you better off giving Corey Davis 15 and Curtis Samuel 10 or Allen Robinson the whole 25? I would argue you're better off with the two guys because you're 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 what's the, the it's an old Belichick quote. It's one of the first Belichick quotes. It's not about collecting talent, it's about building a team. And if you just add Allen Robinson to last year's offense, all you're doing is last year's offense with a triple-covered Allen Robinson. If you have Curtis Samuel over here and Corey Davis over there and John U. Smith lined up as the tight end and, and Duke Johnson in the backfield, like all of a sudden oh, the defense said, has to he cover. Said Duke Johnson, Bryson. I had to, he said Duke Johnson. I might love Barth now. I, I like love Johnson. Johnson. He's no James White. I'd hate <laughs> oh, to see James White Duke go, Johnson. but he's not a bad replacement. All of a sudden, you have all these pieces that the defense has to worry about. They can't overly focus on one guy, and now you've built an offense. So that's where you talk about weapons. It's not go get the best guy, but it's not the guys who are out there are irrelevant. It's can you get guys that make sense together, that make sense as a core in the context of the rest of the offense, and go get a bunch of different guys who can do a bunch of different things where you can spread the defense out and keep them on their toes. So here's what I really like about Curtis Samuel while we're on this subject. Um, yep. In 2019, he caught 54 balls, 627 yards, six touchdowns. These are very casual stats, but we'll roll with it. Um, 2020, he catches 77 balls, 851 yards, three touchdowns. But what I really love to see is when I start to look at his rushing, he carried the ball 19 times in 2019 for 130 yards. And last year, he carried the ball 41 times for 200 yards, couple touchdowns. So... This is a guy that you can use all over the place. You can get him involved in all different kinds of ways. And Patriots love those gadget guys, man. Yeah, and he's really like a new kind of gadget guy. He is that Tyreek Hill type where he's going to be a threat as a receiver, but you can also get him design touches, the jet sweeps, the pop passes, the end arounds, that kind of thing. You know, screens, you can get him the ball in those situations. He's going to make it happen. I Look, if they sign Curtis Samuel, it would be great. The thing for me about that is, it's such a good draft for those kind of guys. I'd kind of like to see them go into the draft because there's, I mean, look, they're probably not going to get Jalen Waddle. Kadarius Tony might be a bit of a stretch, but you go further down the draft. I don't know. Are you guys, how, how woke are you guys on Jalen Darden? Say the name guys, again. I'm sorry. Jay, I didn't hear Jalen Darden out of North Texas. How much you guys know about him? I don't know a ton about him. I'll be honest with you. So Jalen Darden, here, here's how I introduce people to Jalen Darden. He told a, a TV crew before one of their games this year, He gave them the quote, making people miss is like brushing my teeth. I have to do it at least once a day or I feel gross. (laughs) And he's just like, he's again, so small school, you don't know kind of what the level of competition is like, but he is just impossible to tackle. He is vicious after the catch. And he's one of these like smaller guys. He's small. So you're not really going to, he's not going to win a ton of contested catches. He got, he's got to get separation, but he can get it. But he's so hard to stick with before the catch, after the catch. He's a guy who can return uh, kicks as well. There, there's work to be done. I'm not, you know, he's not Kadarius Tony. He's not Jalen Waddle. He's like the day three version of that guy. He, there, he still needs okay. to grow and become a better player. But the ceiling is really, really exciting. The potential is really, really exciting. And like you said, the Patriots love those kind of guys. They've had success with those kind of guys. 
when people talk about them not being able to develop receivers, it's more those big outside receivers. A guy like Jalen Darden, I think, would find some success in New England. I like Kadarius Tony too. I yeah, so the same kind of player. I'm similar, a huge Kadarius Tony guy. If similar they end up to Curtis Samuel. Love that <laughs> yeah. guy. I wouldn't care to take him at 15. I like him. I'll tell you, and and Barth Barth mentioned day three, and something I tell Bryson all the time: the Patriots don't worry me on those later picks because they seem to always find gems. It's that first, second round that they've kind of missed on some of their re- evaluations. I'd say uh, recently. Yeah, but again, that's been on, again, a guy like Nikhil Harry, who couldn't be more opposite from the group we're talking about. Bigger guy, is going to win physically, not with speed. Those are the guys they've struggled with. They, they've, it, and not, some of where they haven't hit, like a guy like Braxton Berrios, right? I would argue they hit on Braxton Berrios. The mistake wasn't bringing him in. The mistake was cutting him. But he's an, he's an NFL player. They had him. So that kind of guy, I trust them a little bit more to evaluate and identify. Barth, you actually have a guy that you wanted to float out there. Go ahead. Defensive guy. So, yeah, so this is my new take with the um, franchise tags coming in. And I look at – I don't think this is likely, but, you know, I was talking to Matt Dolph, who I work with at 98.5 The Sports Hub, and, and we were talking about if the Patriots make a splash this year, right? Do you remember the year they signed Stephon Gilmore how unexpected that was? Because yep. they, they were, like, kind of set at corner. People thought they were going to – Pay Malcolm Butler, lock him up. They had these other needs. So I'm wondering, they have all this cap space. Will the Patriots do something similar again? And the guy I'm looking at, and I thought he was going to get franchise tag, and he didn't, and that's why I'm bringing this up now, is Bud Dupree, linebacker for the Steelers. And he's in an interesting spot because there's there's two ways you can go about this with him. First of all, very good player. Two years removed from 11.5 sacks, 14.5 tackles for loss. He can... Three down linebacker, he can rush the passer, he can cover, he can stop the run, all of it. So there's two directions you can go with him. The the thing to know is he's coming off a torn ACL. So you can go to him and as good as he is, and he's going to get, you know, it's going to be, you know, double digits AAV. But the value's down a little bit with the torn ACL. You can try to capitalize on that and sign him long term. And, you know, he plays with Donta Hightower for a year or two and then maybe takes over for Donta Hightower, not... In position, he's not a middle linebacker, but you have your, you know, set linchpin three down linebacker that goes from Dante Hightower to Bud Dupree. The other thing you can do is coming off a torn ACL, it's a down market anyway. The Patriots are in a position where they can pay him more than any other team just because of the salary cap uh, or the cap space they have. So maybe you offer him, you know, let's say everybody's offering him $9 million for one year. Let's say you offer him 12. You know he's coming off the ACL, but you offer him 12 and you say, look, we're going to put you in a position to succeed. We're going to put you in a position to prove you're healthy. And the next year, when the cap goes back up and everybody knows you're healthy, you can go in and cash in. And at least you get one awesome year from Bud Dupree. And you kind of jumpstart the pass rush. And it gives Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, another year to develop. So there's a lot of interesting ways they can go with that one. He's still going to be in demand. I don't mean to diminish him with the torn ACL thing. He's still going to be in demand, but... There's some interesting angles the Patriots could take, and I think he's a guy that, you know, they can help each other out. He gives the Patriots an NFL-ready pass rusher, and I think in their scheme, he'd be in a spot to succeed. You know, he's only 28 years old. He comes out next year. He's 29. The knee's healthy, and he's going to get a $20, $25 million long-term contract. All right. I think that's a great take. I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, Like you said, you help us. We help you. You come in. We're going to put you in a, su- a position to succeed, which the Patriots 
on defense have done that a million times where they've right. helped guys out in my, you know, and, and Hey, you know, you know, we're going to help you. You're going to show up. You're going to ball out for us and see what happens where he's probably not going to be back after the year, but you get a one year guy like that. He comes in, he balls out for you. He gives you everything he has. And then he gets paid even more money on the open market a year later. So I think that makes sense now. And it pisses off the Steelers me- fans. And it pisses off no. Steelers. You, you can never go wrong pissing off Steelers fans. It's, it's, it's also not very difficult. They are a sensitive bunch. Right. Patriots fans can be awfully sensitive sometimes too, unfortunately. But, you know, it can't be – everything in life can't be perfect, unfortunately, as they say. And um, so that brings – I start thinking about a guy that I really loved while he was here. Great player. I always loved the way he set the edge. Uh, consistently performed. Even um, during the Ravens game when everybody seemingly didn't show up, he actually had a pretty good game. Only thing I didn't like about this certain player was he always ran his mouth. It got to be annoying sometimes, but I would be all about bringing this player back. I'm, of course, talking about Kyle Van Noy. Yeah, I thought you were going with Adrian Claiborne for a second. (laughs) He got cut today. I don't know if you saw that. He got cut today. You know, I can't even. That was a weird one because he was unhappy here. Uh, He wanted to play more. It all kind of ended a bit odd, and I, I can't imagine he'd even really want it. But, you know, whatever. Um, but I was thinking yeah. of Kyle Van Noy. I think everybody's talked about him now for about a week since since that news broke. I know he's annoying. I think that he runs his mouth a bit too much, but I would absolutely love having him back set in the edge because I know some people don't want to hear this. He was their best linebacker in 2019. Um, he was up. I mean, Hightower was very good that year, too. He was up there. I think I am taking Kyle Van Noy over Hightower in 2019. PFF, the grades, they all support what I'm saying. Kyle Van Noy didn't have that same clout. He didn't make a pro Pro Bowl like uh, Hightower did, but I'd still take KVN in 2019. That's just me. That's just me. Look, he's a good player. Like I'm not, you know, it's not like a monumentally bad take. You know, you're you're certainly he's not Lawrence Taylor either. I'm not trying to pretend. No, I I get what you're saying, but you know, probably. more consistent. I'll give you that. Like Hightower was kind of streaky that year. Van Noy pretty much until the Titans game week in and week out was a solid player. Um, yes, yeah. The Titans game, he really got pushed around, unfortunately, right. Hightower. But I, look, I'm excited to have Hightower back. I don't want to take anything away from him. Jamie Collins for a month that year, he looked like he was going to be defense player of the year. But I felt like start to finish your most consistent best linebacker would probably be Kyle Van Noy. That's yeah. just my opinion. Um, he was excellent at setting the edge. He kind of did everything that they ever asked him to do. The only thing he, had, he never did was just kind of just, you know, zip it a little bit. Huh. Well, I mean, and it was fun for a while, right? Like, we all love the boogeyman it stuff. It was and, fun. You know, he might, I think he got a little too into the success and that, you know, it happens. The fact that I'm frankly surprised it doesn't happen more here. If we're being honest. But, I, you know, I, I think he ultimately, he was a really good teammate. You know, as annoying as he was in time, at times, he was a good leader. The guys in the locker room loved him and... You do kind of need that mouthpiece on a team like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think I'd I, I take him back, certainly. I think the Patriots would if the dollar amount's right. Kind of that situation I just laid out with Bud Dupree, right? The one-year thing. I think that's what you're looking at. You know, if, if somebody finds the money and offers him a multi-year deal, he's going to take the multi-year deal. But if it's all one-year offers, the Patriots should be competitive for him. And if you bring him back, you're going to be in good shape. So I, I think he's a- absolutely somebody you look at. You know, there's a bunch of guys out there. Honestly, I did the list earlier because I'm I'm writing this for for Wednesday for 985thesportshub.com. All the guys we could see reunions with. I have like 10 names down here, like 15 names down here. But just run it all back. Yeah. You want the list? 
So you know what? You know what? Let's start right at the top because I know that that uh, you kind of owned me our last podcast, as I called okay. it. It was a, I, I ended with the Jimmy G take. I, I wanted yeah. your thoughts on it. I gave you um, some of my pros. I gave you some of my cons, and we kind of went over the Jimmy G stuff. But now that stuff is popping back up again. Now they're saying Plan A, Plan A. Um, I know Ben Volen stole my take. I know you, I know you saw it, Ben. I know you got it. I, I know Ben saw my take from Ryan Spaggs. That's my guess. He saw it. Where I said about Cooks, I made a thread, and my thread included the the little caveat there that uh, Cooks was meant for Jimmy G and all this yeah. different stuff. So, Bowen tweeted about how um <clears throat> would bring him Cooks in, you know, mean that you're trying to get Jimmy G back, all that, blah 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 blah. So, where are you at right now on Jimmy Garoppolo? I certainly feel better because you add Trent Brown and now you just have, you know, the offensive line so much better. And with Garoppolo, the chief concern is health, right? So the better offensive line you put him behind, the better you feel about it. They're going to be able to run the ball a ton, which Garoppolo needs as well. I'm still not super high on it. I, I like, I just can't get super excited about it because I just think he's a very bleh quarterback. Like he doesn't, I, he's not going to win you any games. He might not lose any games. He's not going to win you any games. And I think they can do better than that. I would take the worst player who has some upside, right? A guy like Jacoby Brissett. Um, but I'm not, you know, you I would I, take I, Jacoby Brissett over Garoppolo, really? Yes. Yes, I would. Wow. Because mm. I think J- J- I think Jacoby's gonna play, right? He's a gamer, he's gonna right. play, he's gonna give you 16 games. Uh, he's got a slightly bigger arm. If they go out and get a guy like Brandon Cooks, Jacoby, I think, is a better deep ball thrower. You can still do some of that stuff you were doing with Cam last year in terms of the read options and the bootlegs. Some of oh, that's yeah. still Bryson. on the tape with Jacoby. So, I need to talk to Bryson. What is the EPA? Please break break it down for us. Advanced stats. They love Jimmy G. Tell me what you got. Come on. Number 10 since 2010. Number 8 since 2017. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm telling you. Josh McDaniels never had to take a single thing out of the Patriots playbook when uh, he came in for Brady. Injury stuff, totally with you. Not ideal. Heard a lot. But that, that's to me, is the thing with the quarterback, is are you going to be out there? Fair enough. But can, they, but, they, but can they not just, like, extend him like they did with Trent Brown, restructure his contract? Because there's, like, no way he's going to get crazy money ever again. Who, and his Yeah, and his cap is only 24 right now. So they could just, like, trade for him, adjust his contract, maybe spread it out a few years. But few that, years. Doesn't, that doesn't make him any healthier. It doesn't make him less injury prone. It makes him more valuable, though. I I guess, but at a certain point, you know, whether he's making $25 million a year or $10 $10 million a year, if he's on IR, he's on IR. Well, couldn't the same thing have been said about Cam coming in last year? And he stayed healthy. That wasn't a problem. Cam has had injury problems his whole career. He and and, and everybody was excited about Cam. You never heard the hey, he's probably going to get hurt and miss some games. A lot of people just said, hey, it's Cam Newton, former MVP. He's going to own blah, 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 blah. And he sucked. Whereas I think Jimmy G could come in if you protect him. You kind of figure he might miss a couple games, probably draft a quarterback somewhere in this draft. You, you try to prepare for that. So uh, that like you said, they, they got a big offensive line for right. him. It, it yeah. just feels like they're setting up for Watson to be traded to the 49ers and for Jimmy Garoppolo to become available. So just the other thing for me is that I don't think Belichick trades for Garoppolo and then drafts somebody. If he gets Garoppolo, that's the guy. It's Garoppolo. He's moving forward. What if it's Trask in the second round? Who I I know people hate on Trask. They say I don't hate Trask. They say he can't move, but I mean, I think he's a great value pick if you can get him in the second round. Imagine if he somehow slides to the third, which isn't as crazy as people think. Ryan Mal at one point people thought was going to be the first overall pick. He ended up going third round. So I mean, it does happen. 
Yeah, yep. I just think yep. that Belich- I think you end up where you were last year, where Belichick has a guy he has his personal connection to, and it just becomes too tough for him to move on from the guy. And and with Cam, too, to go back to that point, I don't think Cam played—Cam like Cam played hurt last year. We know that. He got hurt. He played through it, and that's the difference between him and Garoppolo. Well, I think he, he get hurt, though. He had, remember, he had the rib. He was on a, a, the injury report for a couple weeks. He had, it was like a rib injury uh, or something. And then there was the foot. He had like minor things here and there where he was playing through injury. And you could just kind of see it too. He was playing through injury. Maybe Garoppolo doesn't play through I think he's just stuff. bad. I think he was just a bad fit. No, I and mean, I that's, that's stuff- part of it. Absolutely. Like he's not, a, you know, he struggled at times. He, he, he was struggling before he got hurt. But man, he was on the injury report for a month there. I would like to say too. I keep hearing, oh, you know, they're going to, we got to run that offense that fits Cam. They did. They ran read option all the time. They ran Cam's offense. So don't even want to hear about that anymore. Uh, he didn't have an off season. That's great. Neither did Justin Herbert. Uh, right. Joe Burrow and Tua both had a better QBR. They both were significantly better passers than Cam Newton. They've never played in the NFL before. Cam has been in the NFL since 2011. All the excuses he gets are just bogus. I've, I've heard people say that the offensive line sucked. That is just totally false. It was a top 10 offensive line per like every metric, top five per the good ones. Um, his weapons, the actual weapons, they were actually better in 2020 than they were in 2019. So people say, oh, no, it was worse this year than it was for Brady. That's just not true. They were getting more separation. I think the excuses went overboard. I think Cam is just not a good football player anymore. He can run around a little bit. He can play fullback. That's great. I don't really care. Rushing touchdowns, yawn. Don't care. You can hand those off to a running back. They're going to run it in two. Do not care about rushing touchdowns. He's not the guy. He can't be the guy. I'm so- and yeah, I, would, I don't. I would love to ask you this, Jimmy G or Cam Newton, which one would you take for next year? Uh, see, that's the one. Like Evan, Evan, because I, you know, me and Evan do the show together. This is the one he tortures me with. <laughs> I, I don't think it ends well. I think if it gets to that point, you screwed up. Let's I think if it gets to that quick. point, you're in trouble. It shouldn't get to that point. Let's help you out real quick, Bryson. I know you have the numbers available. EPA, Cam, and Jimmy G. I think Jimmy G's like number eight in 2017, and Cam's like number 30. Again, Jimmy, Jimmy like is the better. The issue with Jimmy isn't isn't necessarily the production. It's just is he going to be out there and Jimmy has the higher ceiling. Let's be honest. Jimmy, what? Yeah, especially in this offense. Yeah, no. Oh, if if we're playing Madden and you're turning injuries off, like I'm taking Jimmy. That's not that. That's not where I'm hesitating there. Fair enough. But so, we know the Patriots aren't winning playoff games with Cam Newton, so why? I don't, I don't even. I think they could win playoff games with Jimmy G, though. But I, I but guess they again, could I, not I, win them at all with Cam. Uh, like I said before, like why is it? It's like the people last year who were debating Cam versus Stidham. Like I, I hated that <laughs> conversation because conversation that, was, that wasn't the point. <laughs> but that, Bryson that, and I created that conversation. That thank you for making my life hell. That wasn't the point. It was neither of them. <laughs> that was the answer. It was neither. And like nobody could see that. I feel like with Jimmy and Cam, I feel like I'm having sort of that conversation again, where you can do better than you. Like the goal should be above that. You should like, what do you want for dinner? Do you want you know McDonald's or Burger King when there's you know, you know I don't know anything that's better down the street. Do you want McDonald's or Burger King when there's at least an Applebee's down the street? You know, what do you want for dinner? Shit. Human feces or cat feces? Which like, one do you want? There's more options than that. So, you know, I don't want to opt out of your opt out of your question entirely, but it's like let's 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 hope they aim a little higher than that. Well, you got to pick one. 
I guess I I guess I pick Garoppolo because of the ceiling at that point. And if he does healthy, okay. does stay healthy, you're gonna have bark, something there. Bark, 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 bark. We're all cheering you on. All right. I, I, I will say to, to what, what uh, LB said about – he listed all those criticisms in Cam, and I agree with 99% of it. The thing you said about like the Cam's offense, I wouldn't hate if they get the right quarterback, whether – you know maybe it's Trey Lance. If they get the right mm-hmm. quarterback, I wouldn't hate if they still run some of those concepts because, like we said earlier in the show, Demir Bird got open a ton last year. Yeah, there were guys getting open. They ran the ball incredibly well. I think there actually was potential – in that offense. I love was, that you just said that because you know what Bryson and I used to talk about in the summer? Do you remember the Lamar Jackson top Bryson? How they I were going to actually draft him, but they didn't want to change their offense for him. Imagine now if they did. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with Lamar. No, I mean, I like Lamar. That's my point is imagine if they had drafted him and they did the camp stuff with Lamar. Cause I, I am, I, I am like a Lamar defender at this point because People talk about rushing touchdowns, right? And rushing yards for Cam. And I say, look, I, I really don't care. Do you know when I do care is when it's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had 35 passing touchdowns last uh, in 2019. I'm sorry. Um, only like six interceptions, a quarterback rating over 100. All casual stats. I'm not going to pretend like these are great stats or anything. But then you add on the fact that he rushed for 1,000 and, you know, ran for eight. And then I do care about the rushing. You know what I mean? So, but when you pass I would just say touchdowns. I- I think we're starting to see that Lamar Jackson, there was a little bit of just, it was the mystery and teams kind of not knowing what they were doing when he first got in the league. I think we're seeing now that there is more of a plan and it's not easy by any means, but there is a way to kind of lock him down. And I just don't like the, I don't know what the long-term projection for Lamar Jackson is. I think we might've seen the best of Lamar. I'm not saying he's going to become bad. You know, I'm not saying that he's not a starting NFL quarterback, but you know, I don't know that he ever competes for an MVP again. I think we've seen the ceiling of Lamar Jackson. I think you can expect more of 2020 Lamar as opposed to 2019 Lamar. In what way? Uh, well, his numbers went down a little bit this year, all across the board. Everything kind of oh, went down. Oh, okay. No, I, I you know thought you I mean? meant like the 20, you had higher expectations for the 2020 version no, of Lamar. No, yes, like no, I agree with you. Of how he played this year is probably what you'll see a lot yes. more of going forward as opposed to, you know, what we saw in 2019. Which yes, was he's just a di- dynamic playmaker. He is as good as anybody in the league with the ball in his hands. But if his team gets behind, it's, it's going to be a struggle. I think that's who he is. Absolutely. But yeah, so to go back to like, I would, if, if the Patriots get the guy where they can run more of that offense, you know, and some of it too is Josh McDaniels. Like in Seattle, they, they butchered those play calls at the goal line. They completely butchered them. You know, not saving that Jakob Johnson pass for the play you needed it when the run hadn't been stopped yet to me was just mind blowing. Um, I, I think there is a lot of potential there. It was their first year running it. They got to iron it out. They got to get a better quarterback, but there's potential in that offense. I feel like at that time though, they felt, and I think that you would probably agree. Those first two weeks cam looked fantastic. Um, I think they felt cam's our best player. He's our best player on offense. We want the ball in his hands and it was a poor play call, but I think, they felt that he was their best player. And I think so, they felt like, you know, I, I wrote it that night. I just thought that why would like, I, again, I didn't hate the entire concept, but it's, and look at the, look at this. We're breaking down in a game that happened last season. This is great. It's like the old times. I, I thought that again, the player, they threw the ball to Jakob Johnson. Seattle was not ready for it. And they ran that play in a spot where I think it was like a second down 
They had more chances to score. I just don't I don't think anybody was expecting them to throw out of that formation. I don't think anybody was going to defend that pass until they forced other teams to defend it. So to use it on a second down somewhat early in a game where like you had more chances to score, I just thought that was kind of odd. I thought that they, was, you know, a little premature to, to to put that out there on tape. They also butchered their timeouts in that on that final. They, yes, they were that was my column that night. It was just there were some bizarre coaching situ- uh, coaching decisions in that game. It was not their best situational football night. Absolutely, was BBL totally with men. BBL. Uh, you, you asked me if I think Bill Belichick should be fired. BBL. No. LB. No. Let's get out of here with that. <laughs> LB. Uh, I'm trying to remember the quote I recently I recently read. Um, something something. If Cam comes back, Bill should be fired. And I love Spike King. All right. He's a friend of mine. He's a really good, good person. I tell him things like this right to his face. Um, sometimes he has what I like to call shit takes. And um, <laughs> that's one of them. To me, Bill Belichick can go two and for 14 or 15, whatever they play next year. I, apparently, there's still some uncertainty on whether or not they play 17 games next year. To me, he can. Here's the thing. We can all watch him and think he's washed up and he deserves to be fired he's not ever getting fired he can never he might never he could go winless for the next three years and i don't think robert Kraft's gonna fire him because he just wouldn't so and you know what at the end of the day now that brady's gone who's the biggest draw on the patriots it's belichick bill belichick it's the coach (laughs) so marketing dollars you kind of have to keep him around here's something i said before and then I'll, i'll let you guys talk i know i've talked a lot when when Robert Kraft let Brady walk. Who did he hitch his wagon to? Belichick. Right? Yep. And I think he has to be thinking to himself, or Bill must have told him, I can give you five more years. Tom's only going to give you two. Something like that. And now we obviously know, breaks my heart, Brady's probably going to end up playing more than two years in Tampa Bay. Just to bust my balls, because, you know, I was prepared for two. Now it's sounding like it's going to be like four, which is just, can't take it anymore. But I do believe that there was that conversation where, Kraft and Bill talked, and Bill said, listen, Brady's probably going to give you two more years. I can give you five. Well, B- well, Bill, you said that you didn't want to coach till 70. Bill's having the best time of his life. His son's on the coaching staff with him. He's having the best time of his life. He's with his kids all day. And let me bring something up real quick. There's a lot of talk about nepotism in coaching now, and I have a take on that, and I think a lot of people have agreed with me when I explained it to them. Coaches are never at home. They're never at home. Um, it's sad. It's unfortunate. A lot of divorce rates, high school football on up, divorce rates go crazy for height, for head coaching jobs in football. So you see a lot of parents don't spend enough time with their kids. I know it came up a lot with Britt Reed, Andy Reed's son. Andy Reed has had another son who actually died of an overdose or something along those lines. Bill Belichick was actually, he actually left practice for that funeral. Um, I believe that you see nepotism because a lot of these guys, they don't know their sons until they get a little bit older. Then all of a sudden, their son is 22, 23 out of college. Hey, dad, can I coach you? Sure, son. I'll give you you know, a nothing job. And then they watch their kid kind of move up the ranks. And I think that's one of the reasons you see nepotism. I know that was totally out of nowhere. It's just something that I think about a lot because I know that divorce rates for head coaches in football are crazy and you know the Britt Reed stuff. But okay, end of my soapbox. You guys get back to the real stuff. Oh, Tyson, what do you got? Knees. I'm, I'm on my knees. Like, OB's <laughs> I just want to say that I was definitely, I was definitely serious to be on on the ledge of the BB out stuff I do. 
since I've been a fan since 1937. But then he brought Trent Brown back, and so now I think he's the greatest coach and GM of all time. He won you back, there you Welcome go. Back, I, Bill. I was gonna say, how could you still be saying that? He just brought back Trent Brown. Yep, all is well again. Hey, does anybody wear his number? Back. Is 77 still available? I want to say it is, yeah. but I'm not. Does it, does it, doesn't uh, Heron wear it? Oh, does he? Oh, it's yeah. Trent will beat him up for that. <laughs> yeah, he you know probably you know buy that from him because Justin Heron didn't play a ton last year. It's, oh no! Oh, this is very interesting. No, he doesn't. You guys want to guess? It's another what? tackle. Oh, who has it? Uh, yeah, Marcus Camp. On Wenu's seventy-six, correct? Yeah. Wenu is no. On Wenu's seventy-one. Win is seventy-six. You might, might not know it because you I haven't seen him wear it. That's the I hit. Can't I just did that. I'm actually disappointed in myself. Um, you, you might not know it because you haven't seen him Yodney wear it. Just Yadney Kajust wears number oh, seventy-seven. Wow, right. So, yeah. oh, they're gonna have to fight for it. That, that'll be. Fun. Oh my but, goodness, Bryson. Bryson, you're gonna be torn. Yeah, I want Prince to own him. I want him to own him. Dude, oh, I already I have a I have a tweet idea for you right now. You know that video that you always share of Yadney fighting? You're gonna have to say like Yadney preparing to. <laughs> <laughs> from Trent Brown. He's gonna make him fight for it, bro. I'm telling you. Trent's been working out. We've seen him. He's like doing a couple jumping jacks here and there. Been a great pandemic for him. Bryson, do you remember that before he left it, we did like a 2018 like post Super Bowl win podcast, and we talked about Trent Brown. And one of our worries was when we pulled up all the old quotes of him talking about Skarnakia and how like he used to not be able to do things and Skarnakia just drove him to find it within himself to, to become a better player, to become a better person, all these different things. And all of a sudden, you know, he gets paid the big contract. You and I worried, what's he going to be like in Oakland? Is this Las Vegas now? What, is this going to be bad? And it's just funny how that all kind of went now that you think about it. I'm really sad for my good friend Trent Brown, but I think he's happy now. He got I think you're right. He's back with the Patriots. He has that awesome tattoo. He was telling the he was telling the Patriots locker room, you know how much fun the Patriots is. It's going to be awesome that he's reunited. I want to see them run the nine offensive linemen offense next year if we have to. Bill wants guys that want to be here. He wants guys that want to win. I'm tired of the guys leaving, crying, not fun. Blah 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 blah. Shut up. I think that Bill really, truly, I think that's a true quote. I do believe that Bill wants players who want to be here and that want to win. And I think that you have to want to be here to be here. That's kind of like what Brandon Cook said, right? If you don't really want it, this isn't a place for guys who are chasing a paycheck. It's just not, it's never been that. It's never going to be that as long as Belichick's here. They can maybe lure some guys here like that. I'm not saying that that the money doesn't help, but you you can't half-ass it here. It's just not going to work. I'm trying to find the exact quote right now. I know I have it. I just it. really can't believe Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn might be standing next to each other on a football field. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> this is awesome. So the exact quote, is it hard to play for Bill Belichick and the Patriots? Brandon Cooks. If it's too hard for you, that must mean you don't like to work hard. And this was all after the Danny Amendola stuff. Danny Amendola. <laughs> Worked pretty hard, I'd say. He won a bunch of rings, but I mean, Brandon Cooks went right for it. Brandon Cooks had a great Super Bowl against the Patriots. He had over 100 yards. I think he had 10 receptions. He was their best player in that game. He was. Stephon Gilmore had that great breakup. Let's be honest, it was a pass interference. He was a little bit early. He grabbed Cooks' arm, but whatever. I'll take it. Don't care. (laughs) Right. Um, But 
Cooks had a great Super Bowl, you know, versus us, he had a great Super Bowl. Yeah, and again, very good player. Very good player. They they could do a lot worse than bringing him back. If they bring him back, even if it's a trade, even if they, they give up like a, thir- a fifth-round pick and they bring him back on that contract, the $12 million a year, that's... That's a, that's a good deal. That's that's absolutely worth the player right there. Thank you, Alex. I agree. Yeah, it wasn't when he signed it, but inflation's a thing, and all that's how all these contracts work. The first Bingo. couple of years, this they're they're isn't hell. that bad now. Right, exactly, because the, the you know it, it's just relative. Like Corey Davis is going to get fifteen million a year. Is Corey Davis a better player than Brandon Cooks? I don't think so. It's close. He's not three million dollars better than Cooks, certainly. So it it lines up. I'm happy you said Corey Davis. I actually like him a lot. I liked him a lot since college. He really has had him. I think so too, man. I think so too. Him, him and, and Curtis Samuel are the two that I, I keep. And then the other guy, every year I say the Patriots should sign this guy. It's not the offseason until I, I, I pound the table for the Patriots to sign Brashad Perryman. I absolutely love Brashad Perryman. I think he's a really good player who just got the injury bug at the beginning of his career, but he's starting to put it together. He killed the Patriots last year. Do you remember those two games with the Jets? He killed the Patriots last year. He sits four with blazing speed. He knows how to high point the football. Brashad Perryman is one of the the more underrated second-tier receivers in the league. I would love, love to see him in a Patriots uniform. There's like a, a little bit of Cordero Patterson vibes in there. It's like, like he's yeah. like a cross between Patterson and Cooks. There's like a little because bit of, of the old, former like, first round pick thing. Yeah. Right. Cordero Patterson, also free agent, if we're talking reunions. My guy Cordero. My no, he said viral some things ever. after he left. Yeah, I don't know. He, he said some Wait, send me your viral tweet. I never saw it. Oh, it was, sorry, it was him playing catch with, with a fan in the stand. Stands. Send me that. I'll see, I I'll, see I'll that. DM it to you. It was years ago. I want to I see that. I don't That's think cool. Patterson said anything. I don't remember him saying anything. I really don't. And let me clarify. I he don't said, care what they say after they leave. Still bring them back. <laughs> right. No, he, I, don't I, care. I, I just looked it up. He said something about winning the Super Bowl or whatever. Like he was on to the next thing, but it's like. I took it differently. I took it as he wants to win another one. Right. Yeah. Here's the quote. I'm on a new team. So it's a new opportunity for me to bring my legacy and live on. So whatever happened last year in the past, that's in the past. I'm just trying to move forward. That's not – I don't think that's slamming the Patriots. He said that ring meant shit to him, I believe. I swear. You're, you're like, I, I think it was care. something like that. But you know what? You're right. That's kind of the Patriots mentality, right? The next one. What's yes. your favorite ring? The next one. Exactly. Bingo. So we're on the same, same wavelength. I totally agree with you. Yep. I'd bring him back, yeah. If he misbehaves, Trent Brown will just beat him up in the locker room. <laughs> if they were here, they were here together. They were they were exactly. both listen, Bryson watches that buffet line. You know, I don't know if you, Bryson's a buff guy, he's in great shape. He makes sure that people don't get out of line. They don't eat too much. Bryson, I know that you've always broke you broke a story years ago about some of the buffet line stuff. Oh man, I'm telling you what, Hightower and Danny Shelton got into it at the buffet line once. And it ended. It ended with. It ended pretty badly in result of an egg roll problem. And I just want to say, there was some words said. No, be. Then I don't think we can repeat them. But now that Trent Brown's back and the pandemic's starting to end and things are starting to open up, oh boy, those buffets. Those buffets are going to be big. I'm here to tell you. If Marcus Cannon stays on the team, I don't know. They might get another buffet. 
How much did you say they weigh, uh, uh, (laughs) Mr. Bob? It's got to be like three. They both got to weigh like 380 pounds. Yeah. If we're talking about Trent Brown, Trent Brown's listed at 359. Who was the other one? Give me a break. Oh my, this guy's six eight. There's no, he might be 485 pounds pounds still. I'm still in my prime. When he came here, he was 450, was he not? 350. (laughs) No, when he came here, remember he had to lose 100 pounds? Oh, 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 wait, are you talking about, you're not, hang on, I because you disconnected there for a sec. Are you talking about the UDFA kid they signed from Missouri a few years ago? He got no, cut no. because he had like a, a, a domestic he, violence thing, right? No, no, there was another guy they had. Oh, I can't remember his name. He was a defensive tackle. And basically he was supposed to be a first round pick. He was like a high recruit out of I high school. Swear. He was supposed to be a first round pick. And he, he got to Missouri and he just kept eating and eating and eating, and he he got up near four hundred pounds, and he couldn't I move anymore. It. And then the Patriots signed him as a DFA, and the whole thing was like he's a really good football player. They just need to try to get him to lose fifty pounds, and they had him just yeah. running nonstop in like a sweatshirt in camp in July, just trying to sweat out the weight. And then he just didn't make, he couldn't lose the weight, and they cut him. I don't think he ever played in the league. Again. Let me tell you something: when you weigh like five hundred pounds, and they want you to lose fifty, you're in trouble. Change your life around. Dude, I'm pretty sure Trent Brown was, was 450 when he was 450. I mean, I remember all the quotes about him being like super overweight, oh and, then he, and then he just started. Can you imagine like working out and you're 450 pounds and doing it every day? He's probably so, man. This and and he, this dude said it was fun afterwards. You know, it was uh, Josh Augusta from Missouri in 2017. He Please weighed 390 pounds as a senior. Are you sure that he didn't oh have a God. domestic violence thing and they cut him because of all that was going on? I swear they, were, they had a guy that they had signed. He was supposed to be a really good player. He was an undrafted. Oh, that was – I think I know what you're talking about. It was, I can't remember his name. He was at, at a bar by my house. This receiver went down to Mick Morgan's and got in a fight like two days after he signed. Maybe you're right. I, I, but That's what you're thinking of. Kid. He was like a receiver. They, they had signed some kid who had a thing in his past involving a gun and a girlfriend, and Antonio they ended up cutting. <laughs> Antonio Brown, man, I hate that guy. Let me just say, I hate that guy. I, I tried to support him, and our most listened to podcast ever actually was after they signed AB and the allegations came out because, you know, Bryson and I are very understanding. We don't take that crap lightly at all. Um, we, we talked about it, about his <sighs> – What's the word? Um, professionally, I mean, I'm, I know I'm obviously not like a professional, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but AB, man, I just don't like that guy. But I'm happy that he turned his life around. I am. I am. I just hate how things ended here. Because, man, yeah. he, Mr. Barth, I would love to hear your take on this. If he never got hurt, uh, never got hurt, never got cut in 2019, what happens to that, that, that Patriots football team? I mean, they still had their weaknesses, but they got, I mean, Brady's probably still here. I know it. I know but it. But the, the biggest, I mean, it goes beyond that. Like, I've always kind of traced that back to them not putting a deadline on Gronk to retire. That's where everything started falling off the wagon. If they give Gronk a hard deadline, they know he's retiring. They can sign Jared Cook uh, right. that year in free agency. They can bring in another receiver that year in free agency. They don't have to wait until the last minute. They don't know what's up with the money. They bring those guys in. They put a competent offense on the field out there in 2019. They don't have to go out and sign Antonio Brown. So you don't even deal with that mess to begin with. You don't even approach it. And then who knows what happens. So that's that's what it all goes back to to me. The entire 
where they're at now, their struggles now offensively, their lack of talent right now offensively, to me, all goes back to them basically letting Rob Gronkowski take his time with his retirement in uh, the spring of 2019. Look, you're not wrong. I mean, we saw things really starting to bubble to the surface in 2018. They had to go and trade for Josh Gordon, who we all loved, but obviously his issues still exist. Um, Drug addiction is no joke. It's never just going to go away. I used to think that the people who said, oh, he's in Foxborough now, Belichick and Brady will get his head straight. That's not how it works. Um, A drug addict is always going to think drugs are more important than a Super Bowl ring. I'm sorry to tell you, that's just how it is for a lot of these deeply addicted people. Josh has been a drug user since 12 years old, according to himself, when he did a thing for the Players' Tribune. This was the guy they went out and got to be the savior of their offense. And for a little while, he was. Things were exciting. Things were great. But ultimately, things ended how things usually end for Josh. And, you know, that is not great. Um. And that's kind of when we really started to see the issues. Brady didn't have a great Super Bowl that year, Super Bowl 53. It was the Julian Edelman show, which we all loved. He wins Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he and Gronk did, of course, connect, you know, late in that game for a huge play, which Sonny Michelle was able to somehow run in from the two with a play never seen before by a running back. Really probably the, the greatest run anybody has ever seen from the two-yard line that you'll ever see. I'm saying that with... Uh, you know, a ton of sarcasm, of course, but it's it's absolutely true. And then 2019 comes, you know, Josh is here to start, no longer here. AB is here, no longer here. It all goes back to that picture, right, Barth, of them all sitting on the sidelines versus the Dolphins? Yeah, and then I, I, there was a, a picture this year. It was a similar shot of Jake Bailey, Matthew Slater, Nick Folk on the bench. Oh, that is just glorious. Have you seen Tell that one? That's a joke. No, I no it exists. I exist. I can send that to you, too, if you want. I swear to you, Barth, Bryson and I have been joking, like half joking, because it's actually true, about how the punt team is just like the greatest. Our punt team is just like the greatest thing ever, <laughs> like the greatest punt team ever seen. And it's just like it's so good that it's actually like sad. <laughs> like, but it's not. It really you can, like when they get the rest but, of the roster together, it, it's going to win them games. It's great. It's great if you have the rest of the roster together. (laughs) The best offense they have, legitimately. I mean, and we've been joking about it for a couple years, but it's true, Bryce. I've never been joking. I've never joked about it. And then and then and then this year, Gunner and Jake both win all pro. And I'm just like they deserved it. I love the, the best offense, bro. <laughs> it's just baby Gunner. I mean, did Gunner any other team have any more offensive all pros? Did any <laughs> other team in the NFL have more offensive all pros? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the Chiefs. The Chiefs probably, right? Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey? They're did not they as good as the pros? Patriots punt team. Are you They're kidding me? Gonna... All right. You're right. Are you watching right. these games? Hill and Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I I'm, not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Oh Max my Slater God. is legitimately a football god. I the, mean. Greatest, the greatest special teamer of all time. <laughs> I'm really surprised Tom Brady actually didn't bring Jake Bailey and Matt Slater with him instead of Gronk. It was kind of a silly move on his part. Do we bring back Brady? <laughs> We roll with Bailey, Gunner, and Slater. We can't afford all of them. 
you kind of don't want to mess with the punt team. I mean, you don't know. never mess with that punt team. I mean, I'll remember when Tebow was the punt protector? That was those oh, horrible days. Oh the my god, teams come so much further from that. Our punt team is so good, it's sad. <laughs> Mr. Alex Barth, I think we'll let you get, they get so much here practice. too long. The, in, the intern's gonna have to pay Alex Barth a whole lot of money. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Barth could go all night. Who kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'll get him my at, at Rio Alex Barth. Thank you for coming on, sir. And uh, LB, I'll see you on Gin Corner later. Sounds good. Sounds good. Th- Alex, as always, man, it was great talking to you. Love talking to you. You're so knowledgeable, and you're such a pro, man. I always, I always enjoy talking to you. Had a blast. Anytime, guys. Seriously, I love doing these. Anytime. Just let me know. Send me Thanks, those buddy. tweets, man. I got to see those. I, they're they're in. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with LB. We just heard Mr. Barth, LB, and myself talking. And here we are again. LB, we had a little break. Are you doing okay? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We, uh, we discussed a few things, and we, we discussed the greatest year of our lives. I think that you should go first, though, because it's something that you tweeted, and I think that you picked a really good year. Listen, I mean, we're all probably around the same age. And I just want to, I'm just going to lobby for my year because in a way, technology kind of stinks now because there's just a, too much of it. Like we're one step away from being like full on cyborgs. And so <laughs> like the internet is a great thing. You know, when you can Google something or like it helps you your job, like your house, when you want to look up Trent Brown stats, either way, it helps. We all know that. But maybe where back- Trent Brown lives. Yeah, maybe something like that. But if you want to know something great, like if you want to like just Google someone or just we could just text someone back in the day with our phones back in 2007. We could just text each other. It was like we weren't in like the universe with everyone because when you tweet, you're like talking to everyone. And I don't know if anyone's ever noticed. If you listen to this, you probably follow us on Twitter. Like there are a lot of people that don't know us that do know us now that are like obsessed with us and like try to ruin our lives every day on twitter.com which doesn't matter to us but they just do and it just comes with like what happens and so lb 2007 this wouldn't be all none of this would be possible we wouldn't have a podcast like we would just be texting each other and be like yeah look it's Trent brown awesome but like no one would have to know about it it would just be awesome we wouldn't we wouldn't have like all the perks of the internet that is so great now and then we had good music back in 2007. Look at a look up a playlist. You'll you'll find that every everyone was very emotional in 2007. Technology <laughs> was just good enough to where you weren't absolutely obsessed with it, but you could also still do things like play kick the crate. Like I I know I did in my neighborhood. Like you could play it's tag. Like the Amish. You ride, it's like the you Amish. Ride. They they the Amish it's, picked that that certain level of <laughs> like like <laughs> advanced technology. Like they picked like a certain level and just drew the line. Like they didn't go with like. Like, you know, like if you could, <laughs> if you could just like fly and the internet was like on your face all day long, you could just like fly. That'd be like, that'd be too much. You'd have too many cheat codes and the life is almost like not worth living anymore. And we're getting pretty close with the kind of technology we have right now. So back in this day, the technology wasn't as good, but it was good enough to where it was just you and the LB. If you wanted to text them, maybe you had a MySpace and you, all you were worried about is like your awesome song on your MySpace page. And that was really it. You had your friends. Uh, it wasn't so universal and controversial because you had this little group of people. But 
2007 was a great year for Patriots football. It was, it was a great year for college football. It was just overall a great year, great music. I mean, look back at your live in 2007. I'm sure it's, it was probably good. What, I mean, what so about going, you, what, what year is it for you? Like the perfect year? Like my favorite year? Like the best year. Like think about it. Like okay. is it a 90s year where you're like seven years old and you just, <laughs> you just like wash down some garden hose water in your mouth? You know? Like the, you make the point though. Life. When like those years, you don't worry about anything. You're seven years old. Like nothing else matters. Like you're just like looking at ant hills and just watching like 50 million ants just run to the thing. And you're like fascinated. Like, holy crap, look at these guys work. Like these guys are so busy. How do they even know what they're all doing? But for me, my perfect year would probably be 2004 because in 2004, my um, my brother was a captain, senior of senior football team. He was a captain. And we both were able to start on the same varsity defense. And it was on actually just <laughs> on the Patriots. <laughs> That's right. Obi was on the and, Patriots. He has a ring and so did his brother. Yeah, we got rings for that. I wish we did. <laughs> it was just the coolest year to start on the same, you know, because I was always my brother's biggest fan. He was always my biggest fan. I would always be on the sidelines, whether it was, you know, organized high school football. You'd be playing some flag leagues after that. And I was still just as supportive, always screaming for him. So it was just the coolest thing. We were both in the same defense. And I remember a story where I had a coach. He came up to me and he was getting on my case because we were we were doing shells. And I was a sophomore at the time. Um, so I was, you know, on the shells defense because I didn't start varsity offense at that point. Not yet. My brother, Adam, started both ways at that point. He was a captain, like I said. And this coach started giving me crap and grabs me by, like, my pads. Like, he's trying to, like, really get in my face. My brother came over and grabbed him and just started screaming at him, like, don't you ever touch my effing brother. Blah, blah, blah. Like he went off on this coach, and the coach just didn't say anything because he was, like, a drunk. And he, he just, like, walked away in, like, self-pity. And my brother completely owned him. And I'll never forget Bellingham. Um we almost won the game. It was our final game together. My brother's last football game. He actually won. He actually won MVP of that game because they, they hand out these trophies. I could actually share it on Twitter. They handed out these trophies for like each team, defensive MVP, offensive MVP, blah, 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 for that game. My brother won the defensive MVP for that game. And it was just a really cool thing. So for me, it had to be 2004, starting on the same defense varsity with my brother, who I always had looked up to. And then I actually got the chance to play alongside him. That was really cool. Patriots end up going on to win the Super Bowl. They had traded for Corey Dillon that year. They beat the Eagles. They pull off the three-peat. So for me, it would probably be 2004. And plus, I was, like, really into music then, like that punk rock stuff. You know what I mean? It was a cool like year. Blink-182. Probably along those lines. I was uh, I was more into, like, the U's, Taking Back Sunday. Um, Taking Back Sunday. There we go. Yeah, um, senses fail quite a few. Yeah, exactly. We all had that MySpace page with like those songs that, you know, you, you thought you were just the coolest. Like, yeah, you have a cool playlist. Why don't you look at mine? <laughs> mine. Yeah, owns. exactly. And then we all had like aim and stuff. You know? Aim was actually really be, awesome. You could set your away message. Mod would be like, I love Tom Brady outside playing basketball. Himself. <laughs> and people would text me. It'd be, it's the craziest I, thing now. I love Tom Brady. I, w- I want away messages on Twitter. Like I really, I really need them. Not, not here right now. I love Trent Brown. Hit the cell. BBL. Be back later. Yeah, BBL. Exactly, man. BRB. <laughs> washing the dishes. And then, if you had like a, a seventh grade significant other, you would like put hearts around their name at the bottom of your away message. 
you know? I shouldn't have dated as much then. I was super into relationships. I shouldn't have been. That's the time of your life where you should really be, you know, trying to meet as many girls as you can, if that makes sense. The argument, the argument against 2007 uh, and not LB 2004 is like 1999. We can all probably agree that 1999 was like a really good year. I have a story about that too. 1999, the Cleveland Browns come back. Tim Couch is the first overall pick. He actually wore number two. Take a guess which number I chose in high school, Mr. Bryson. Uh, two. And for some reason, I thought it looked cool. Some couches are bust, but I thought the number looked cool. Can I say? It was, it was a cool year. 1999 was a cool year. Everybody Now, the thing about 1999 is a lot of people forget now is that everybody was freaking out about computers because... Exactly. That, at that Remember the dial-up? Yes. And not just that, but nobody to was... To hear that sound again, LB. What did they that call that again. then? They thought that dial-up. planes would fall out of the sky because computers... Yes, Y2K. Yes, exactly. Y2K. People thought planes were going to fall out of the sky because computers weren't made for the 2000 transition. And everybody thought, like, could this be the end of the world because computers aren't ready and things are just going to fall out of the sky and it's just going to be absolute chaos, madness. What, what actually was happening was like a group of people, like the underground folks. Illuminati, some people would call them, trying to create chaos in order to stop Tom Brady's career. <laughs> is what most people are talking about. But well, they're talking. it was a good year. They're on UK, I mean, we're, it was a really, I mean, you could go outside with the garden hose and then, like, you know, you'd finally go back inside, you'd ride your bike. Seemed like go it was collect always, caterpillars. It was like always, it was always sunny in the 90s, you know? I don't remember any stuff from the 90s. Who else used to like go out and collect like caterpillar webs? Do you remember those like caterpillar webs? They don't like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like 50 million caterpillars. I don't remember, man. And like you just like rip around with caterpillars. I thought they were kind of cowardly. They were kind of scary. They were like, cowardly. And they, like, they get up in trees and stuff. I feel What's bad because a buddy of mine and myself, like we went around just collecting them all and put them all in a box. And like Caterp- I, I don't. Yeah, caterpillars. Caterpillars. <laughs> Coward pillars. That was in like. 2002 probably we were listening to uh um it's <laughs> definitely some eminem but uh a lot of uh oh, what was Match that band's name? this is the anthem throw all your hands up good charlotte. You know, yeah good charlotte man they yeah, actually kind of owned charlotte. back then they were looked yeah. at as freaks at that time but now everybody kind of looks like that everybody's covered in tattoos they have piercings and you know they kind of every time i run Good Charlotte is honestly very underrated. They were really it's talented. Underrated. It really is. Yeah, 2002, 2000, you know, around that time frame. I used to listen to those guys, Good Charlotte. I used to listen to uh, Blindside. I don't know if anybody else. That was back when if you had like a desktop c- computer, even though you didn't have internet, you were balling. <laughs> people were like, look at this guy. He can paint on this computer. Holy computer. cow. He's the loser. This loser has a computer. Dude, when I was like living in like 96, 97, I, w- I was living in uh, East Mansfield and we had dial up and I used to do those AOL chat rooms and I'd tell girls I was 16 and, you know, whatever. I'd always lie about my age. I wasn't 16 yet, but you're catfishing people. Yeah. 
And I think everybody was doing that in those AOL chat rooms, but it was kind of fun. You know, you can't explain it, but it was kind of fun. It actually was pretty fun. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, I that took me back, sense. man. I'm not going to lie. That took me back. That took I had me back. Me I had like two cats sitting next to me. They both just took off. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good day. LB, I have some Jim Corner stories. Uh-oh. Want to hear them? Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Of course. Everybody wants to hear those. Yeah, so everyone loves Jim Corner. They always tell me about them. All my Snapchat stories are people at the gym now because I think they all added me on Snapchat from here. And so I just see them at the gym all the time. And so I think they like our gym corner story. So LB, I, I know I've talked about um, the things I do in the gym. I've been running a lot more, lifting a little bit less, and actually eating quite a bit and really not watching what I eat for the most part. And just kind of like whenever I want to have cake, like I do, and whenever I want to eat a whole tin of can, can of cookies, I do. Whenever I want to eat like 20 Oreos, I do. But yet I'm still, I've lost like 40 pounds in a year. It's huh. maybe... 30, 40, 30 pounds, um, definitely not as big as I used to be. And I had some folks out in the public step up to me and say, hey, are you okay? Like, yeah. Really? I, you're, you, look, you look skinny. And, I'll, you know, I'm hurt, you know, because I, I really, you know, I, I like being in shape. But being the idea of being skinny is just, for my meathead brain, it just doesn't work. So I'm hurt by this. And I'm like, I'm just trying to be healthy. So, I mean, like, I want my heart rate to be low. I want to live a long time. I'm just running and occasionally lifting. Because as you get older, lifting like a meathead doesn't really last. If you want mm. to be healthy when you're older. And I, I didn't think I was this small, but, I mean, I guess I am. And I don't know what to do now. I'm stuck in that place where you know, I'm kind of skinny and maybe decently sized. But maybe I should put on a couple more pounds. I don't know. The people, like, people were whispering to my girlfriend. They're like, you make sure he eats. And so you're skinny, like, Jack. She's there, and she's like, he eats all the time. Like I truthfully <laughs> do. The other night, I the other night I just ate an entire package of cookie dough in one night. <laughs> so you're skinny, Jack. They call that skinny, Jack. I don't know. Like I just I changed the calories on my watch, and and now I pretty much hit them all the time, and I'm always up and moving, and, and I've. And I used to not eat carbs and be afraid of what I eat, but now I just like eat whatever I want and it's, and be reasonable to the most part. But I've just lost a lot of weight and I'm in decent shape now. I, mean, I wish I could just eat whatever I wanted. In <laughs> I know, but I, I move all the time. Like I, I can't lose. I can't lose a pound. Like I'm always moving and like I don't know, doing fasty cardio. But people think I'm sick. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I guess I just ought to just start lifting more weights, which I didn't do again today because I ran again today. So I kind of ruined it. But you're going to start you know, like I'm injecting just, testosterone. I'm just going like, to start like eating more oatmeal or something. Start injecting like a testosterone human growth hormone like mix into like that's there's like a spot in your brain supposedly where you can inject that shit and it like gives you like the best gains. But like if you miss, you die. The only injection I want is Trent Brown content into my veins. <laughs> you already have it lined up. You already have that lined up. Come on now. You, you got all the, I, you know, I, I feel bad for one person in all of this. And that's, that's, that's I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 
how are you going to how are you going to balance this? Because you have like two um, lovers, essentially, that they need your attention. They need your affection. Um, and they always like your stuff. They always like it. And, you know, like because like I always they sarcastically say, I like it. they're like, look at this dope. What does he tweet me for? I'm just trying to tweet my feelings, like some lyrics. And this guy's like, I love you so much, Isaiah. They're tweeting the new Drake, and you're just, you know, letting them know how much. You... But I, I bet you they actually appreciate it. I guarantee you they appreciate it. Offensive like linemen video, do not. The video with the girl on top with the stereo that says, My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And there's like one person dancing. That's literally me and Trent Brown and Isaiah Wen. There's like, it's only me in the crowd. And I'm like the only one that misses ever like cheering them on. So they're like trying to tweet Drake lyrics. And I'm just like, I love you so much. You are the best. I hope you have a great day. I'm just like, Holy cow. I want to block this guy so bad. No way. No way. Why would they block you? Because they don't have that many people do not stand offensive linemen like you do. They just don't. I bet you they love you, man. Like they probably go into the locker room like and Brady's like, hey, look, uh, I just got this tweet from, you know, Michelle zero 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 one four zero 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 eight six. And she says that I'm the greatest quarterback ever. And she loves me and wants to have my child. And they're like, yeah, that's great. But I just got a text from Brady two wise NFL. And uh, he is carrying, <laughs> he has, he has like 14 backpacks um, he's holding. And uh, he says that he's carrying our love. So <laughs> why don't you compete with that? Brady? It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard, but I really want to see them play side by side, left left tackle, Isaiah went at left guard. It'll be all right. I want to see them I'd beside like each other, and just I all the pictures I could get, and all the good stuff that could happen out of that. And then Isaiah went could. What if he's actually maybe that one game was just one game, and maybe he can actually yeah. be a good guard in the NFL. Maybe he's actually better. He just. He's a good guard, and you end up paying him a decent money at guard and keeping his option. He becomes reliable. We talked with Barth, and I know I brought up he had a he had a game where he really struggled at guard. But I mean, you never know; it could be possible that he's great guard. He just hasn't played it enough, you know, different things. So he's the you, you never but know. Trent Brown's better. Trent Brown is now better. Trent Brown's better. I don't know; he's higher. Isaiah you... Wynn. Isaiah went, I really liked him first, and I liked Isaiah went first, and then he got hurt in the preseason game. Because I was looking at my pictures in my phone, and the timeline was all making sense. I liked Isaiah went first, Patriots drafted him, and then we started to hear about Trent Brown getting traded, which, by the way, both times Trent Brown was available and to be traded, LB and I called it. Just want to say, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, you pod, we did a podcast a few weeks ago with Mr. Barth, and uh, you talked Trent Brown return. And I don't know how how much other people agreed, but it turned out that way. Where Trent Brown is back, he's going to be a Patriot. He actually took less money to play with Bill Belichick. Can you believe that? So I I am happy for the anti-Belichick crowd. They can suck it. Uh, a player just took less. Next will be Brandon Cooks when he uh, redoes his deal. I truly believe Brandon Cooks will be a New England Patriot. Don't know why. I'm putting a bunch of things together. I told you about that text I got earlier that says uh, Bill wants guys that want to be here and want to win. And I know you saw that text as well. <clears throat> I think that this truth. I, I think that's that's what it's going to come down to. They're going to bring back the gang, maybe get Kyle Van Noy. Um, yes. I think they're, gonna wait and, they're waiting on a few dominoes, in my opinion. 
they need they need Deshaun Watson to be. So I know that we wanted Deshaun Watson badly. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. But wait, 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 wait. Let's stop there. What if what if the Patriots like they already have this great offensive line and everyone knows it. Now what if they what if they sign Brandon Cooks and then sign John o. Smith or something? Then how, what does Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson think about the Patriots? I'd like to think that they're thinking that's because the Patriots could just they could do a couple of things. They could cut Cannon. Mm-hmm. It sucked, but they could restructure Hightower. They could yep. cut Hightower and made him maybe sign him back. But they could maybe Edelman retires. They can move. There's a couple of things they can do. Yep. That they could do this, and then maybe it would lure one of those top tier quarterbacks back in. Maybe you're yeah, right. I don't. Th- I don't think it's that crazy. I think if they want to do something like that, they need to pay top dollar for somebody. Maybe it's Allen Robinson. Uh, maybe uh, Allen Robinson, a lot of people are saying, is off the books now, correct? Uh, actually, no. Well, why did, did Barth just he, say that? Somebody said that. that said he got that. franchise tag, but he just liked a tweet saying that he you know, franchise tag sucked. So maybe the yeah. Bears are just going to trade them. Trade him. Bingo. Exactly. So I'm not buying that he's off the market entirely at all. I think, if anything, they're just the Patriots tag Joe Tooney. I don't think that they necessarily felt he'd play the full season under the tag. Uh, They might have felt they could trade him and acquire other assets. It just didn't work out that way. Brady left. Of course, there's a report that they did that for Brady, which was just like laughable. I don't think Tom Brady was worried about guard. I think he was worried about who, you know, was going to be catching passes from him. But, you know, let's. He wanted Joe Tooney. Let's be honest. Yeah, he wanted Joe Tooney. He was thinking Joe Tooney is way more cool than uh, Gronk, Godwin, Evans, blah, 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 blah. I can get A.B. to come. So, you know, um, but no, I hear you. I, I don't know. What if you can What if you can bring Curtis Samuel? What if you can bring Curtis Samuel and Corey Davis? Just, you know. You do it. And then maybe these it. quarterbacks think differently of your team because everyone now knows that the Patriots offensive line is awesome. And regarding one person, one person who might not be back and hasn't sounded very good on multiple David podcasts Andrews. I've listened yeah. to. Has, has, and it doesn't, and that report, I think we said that on title talk the last time we heard had been hearing that David Andrews, like it didn't sound very good. He, he wasn't sounding very good. And then I think it was, think was it leave. Greer? That's my Greer opinion. I think he's said that they haven't, they haven't talked or something. Andrews. I mean, he didn't sound, didn't sound too confident to me. And you would think I, I would David think Andrews, before but... that David Andrews would be all right back, but maybe not. So maybe the Patriots just draft a center, which I'd be, I don't, I mean, they always seem to find these guys. Exactly. Exactly. They could draft a center in the fourth round and all of a sudden he's a stud. David Andrews, if I'm not mistaken, was an undrafted free agent. And all of a sudden he's going to So they could paid. find another one. They might just let, yeah. him, let him walk. And sad, but... Disagree with that. Don't agree with it. If that's the Patriots thinking, I think Bryson and I try to think a lot of towards the Patriots thinking. People take that the wrong way. We say, well, you know, Jimmy G, people go, Jimmy G sucks. Okay, well, supposedly the Patriots' plan A is Jimmy G. Don't be mad at us. Be mad at the Patriots. They believe Jimmy G is their plan A. I mean, Bryson and I didn't do that. Just like the Jarrett Stidham stuff. They hyped Jarrett Stidham. They told anybody that would listen, Jarrett Stidham is our guy. We're not going to draft a quarterback. And by the way, they did not draft a quarterback. Um, people wanted to trade. Nope, Jimmy, Jarrett Stidham's our guy. So 
it's the Patriots. Don't don't ever get mad at us, you know. FFS. I won't swear because this is a family podcast, of course. But you never know. David Andrews could be gone, and you know maybe they try to replace him internally. Maybe they do it through the draft or signing somebody, whatever. But let's say that they have this great offensive line. They get Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, something like that. Jonu Smith, they add at tight end. I get so tired of people saying, don't bother. You don't have a quarterback. I saw, I won't name the person, but they had a tweet last night, LOLing at Patriots fans who um, name all these wide receivers as if we have a quarterback to throw them the ball. Yeah, that does not matter. I'm sorry. I have truly seen the light in the fact that, yes, it's true. We don't know who's going to throw them the ball. And, you know, who knows? Are we the greatest destination in the world? No, not for less. But if you want to overpay, which they kind of can right now, admittingly, we clowned on that for years. Overpaying isn't necessarily the greatest recipe for winning. But they have a good enough team where if they overpay a few people, maybe it is. If they decide to overpay a few guys, get them in the building. What's the issue? You don't like it because they don't have a quarterback? Are you like, are you uh, trying to be politically correct here? Are you like dumb? You know, like, come on, wake up, smell the roses. Sometimes you got to wake up and smell the roses. You got to smell the roses, mate. You got to give them a little whiff. Give them a big whiff, mate. How's my British um, accent? Is that good or? Sounded Australian to me as a native office. <laughs> you have a chat right now called, called Australian chat. You it's think that's chat. Australian? Yeah. Is it good Australian at least? Yeah, you sound straight up like a person from New South Wales. You gotta wake up and smell the roses, mate. Yep. Don't be so bloody like silly. Don't be so bloody dumb. Wake up okay, and now, smell the roses. That sounds like Sherlock. <laughs> All right, so I, I can't keep my uh, accents consistent. I'll remember that. I will remember that. For but there is importance here to making the offense quarterback friendly. There's a lot of stuff you can do with a lot of cap space. Pay Curtis Samuel. Pay Brandon Cooks if he gets cut. Mm, pay Johnny Smith, it. who wasn't franchised. Hunter love Henry's it. out there, too. We've got a lot of money. And, you know, maybe you can bring in Jimmy and – restructure his deal and keep him here for like three years and spread his cap out because he probably realistically knows he's not going to get a crazy contract again. Maybe he does it. I love the, the offensive idea. line is just great now. I mean, think about it. You have Michael and Wendo, he's a giant. Trent Brown, he's a giant. Shaq Mason is a truck. I mean, this is going to be very painful, and Damian Harris is likely going to have an MVP season. Yeah. I mean, might even be Sony. We don't like, but hey, whatever it takes, man, right? We hate whatever his mixtape. We don't hate him. We don't hate the man. We hate his mixtape. It's not Sony's fault that he was drafted in the first round. He had a damn fine rookie year. He was terrible his second year. Some of that was the offensive line, but I'm sorry. He wasn't very good either. Um, but he did look good this year when he got his chance to play. I, I, I am always willing to admit when I'm wrong. I'm always willing to take an L. I'm always willing to say, hey, things changed. This guy looked better. Sony Michelle looked a lot better this year. Than he did his in 2019. Stunk. His mixtape mix, No year, uh, nothing. No it's why Brady really left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made Brady leave. Him and Bel- him and Belichick drafted this guy with a horrible mixtape and ran Brady out of town. Remember, this man was 42 years old, listening to Sony Michelle's mixtape in the locker room. He couldn't I mean, take it. 
he couldn't take it any longer. He just couldn't. I mean, can you blame him? Team. We like Sonny Michelle, but his mixtape just stinks. Well, let's not go crazy. We don't like him. We, we, we really don't like him at all. <laughs> we actually don't like him. Um, remember the uh, the strip <laughs> the strip club picture that got him the doghouse? He was holding his mask <laughs> and he was taking pictures and then he wound up with COVID. He took and in the background was the big XXX like nude woman, nude girls and look and I'm not judging anybody that goes to a strip club, nothing like that, but you're an NFL football player during a pandemic. Not not smart. Not smart. Sorry, Michelle, Some not things smart. that were confirmed this week it will be that we love to see. Albert Breer says Gilmore, the Patriots did try to trade him three times. So you don't we nail that. We nail that story. Um, there's another story we nailed, which is that Julian Edelman was contemplating in retirement because mainly because his uh, follow up, knee follow up hasn't been too good. His knee rehab isn't going so well. Maybe he does play, but you know, not sure. Some people think the Patriots are trying to train Julian Edelman. So I think the Julian Edelman think- stuff may be real and we heard that we heard that a lot of people reported that his knee isn't doing well so it kind of follows up with it well i like i like to think to myself that he does have like another cycle left in him um if you play him at quarterback he can certainly last and yeah he's better than what QB. they have yeah put him at qb uh very, fairly cheap for a quarterback contract <laughs> if you think of it that way <laughs> i say in all seriousness just keep him around i wouldn't even trade him i'd just be like hey let's see if he can come back but that's that's probably my fandom more than anything because i love julian edelman and you know the thought of him leaving upsets me look i advocated to trade him last year and i think i was right to say this because in like week three julian Mm -hmm. edelman like took an insane hit maybe it was week two to his helmet and like a very badly placed ball let me just say that I felt Cam and Julian were a horrible fit from the start because Cam is shitty at his job and Edelman's great at his job. But, you know, I'm not saying Edelman has great hands, but Edelman relies on precision passing and less than ideal situations for 95% of wide receivers. He's very smart, knows when to drop in his own. He knows when to uh, sit in his own. He knows all these different things. He understands defenses, and sometimes that's going to put himself in a bad situation, but he's open and you need an accurate pass. That was never Cam Newton. Never. Never a fit. So basically, Cam killed him. So thank Cam Newton for Julian dying. I hate to I hate to see that, but so we got, we got that stuff right. We nailed Trent Brown, so we're batting, we're batting a thousand here. Maybe more, maybe more. It might be. There we might some. be not accounting for wins. <laughs> there might be more, some more wins like counted throughout the night. You know? Yeah, as the night goes on, we might get more Ws. There might. Be I'm not more. taking and those. The like, three for three to me is not a thousand. That's three thousand. That's my 3, math. Beat. A lot of That's W's. Right. I don't care. Yep. A lot of W's. Our W's, they stack. We stack our W's. We don't, you know, put them all together and make percentages. We stack them. So that and way, if that? we get one wrong, three out of four will be like... <laughs> trying to be, there's, not, there's not... Kyle Van Noy has not been officially released. You wonder why? Because <laughs> they knew the Patriots wanted him. 
that they're just waiting for the Patriots to call about Kyle Van Noy. Exactly. They knew that as, as soon as they cut him, the Patriots were going to pick him up. That simple. They're going to do a Trent Brown Kyle Van Noy deal. Kyle Van Noy liked all those Patriots, you know, tweets. And hey, go to let's the Patriots. Say, and- I, I wanted to say it to Barth, but there was a picture and I thought it said a lot. We like being, we like reading the body language around here. It was Cam Newton and it was Kyle Van Noy, like in Cam Newton's face or in each other's face. And all the Patriots players weren't. They weren't just running to Cam. There were some of them were, they were like, "Oh no, Kyle, don't say that." They weren't like, "Get yeah, out of here." Cam riders you know? can go f themselves. I don't care. I'm tired of it. Who's terrible? Who's terrible? There are no excuses. He sucked. And Kyle Van Noy's comments were mostly about Cam. Yeah, he sucked. All right, he was awful. He was saying that the the honeymoon between the Patriots and them was over because in week one that was the honeymoon. Week two was this great night for him, albeit against the worst secondary in a long time. Terrible secondary. But you know what? I still give Cam that night. Great. First two weeks, he was awesome. Raiders came. He sucked. He didn't play versus the Chiefs. Blah, 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 blah. Sucked the rest of the year. He had a few good games. I really don't care. Spare me your Cam love. I don't care. He sucked. I want better. Jimmy Garoppolo is better. All these other guys are better. Kim is not the answer. He was washed. And people say, well, another full year on the offense. I'm sorry. How many years did Justin Herbert have with the Chargers? How many years does Cam have in the NFL again? And he can't come to a new team, this MVP quarterback, can't come to a new team and figure out an offense designed around him. He sucks. So shut up. Please, just shut up. You hear me? Shut up. Cam LB, sucks. You're, just, you're earning right now. I'm tired of it. All right? I am. I'm sick and tired of the Cam crap. I don't want him back. Can we let's go on and the record? Like a, Stidham also sucks. He sucks. Stidham sucks. Stidham sucks. See, we admitted that all along. I used to buy into the Stidham hype. I know you did too. I bought into it. The team put it out there. I believed them. But you know what? The team also started Cam all year. He was literally like a bottom 30 quarterback. He sucked. The wide receivers were better, more separation, less drops in 2020 than 2019. Cam is effing terrible. Shut the hell up about his rushing stats because those could be handoffs to any running back in the NFL, and they're taking it in for a touchdown. For the love of God, learn football. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you still are thinking, like, this guy's an idiot. Cam's good. Shut up. He sucks. Jim Garoppolo is eighth. In EPA since 2017. Cam's 30th. And you guys say Jimmy G sucks? No, Cam sucks. He blows. Cam Newton sucks, blows. What else can I even say that like isn't against like rules? Like he's just awful. I don't want to see another year of that crap. I don't know about you guys, but I'm listen, we're every single day, we're another day closer to death. Do you want to spend those days watching Cam Newton play quarterback for the New England Patriots? If you say yes, you just don't appreciate life. And that's that. Learn to love life. People who don't love life, they want to see Cam Newton on the Patriots. Not me. I love life. I value (laughs) life. I value every breath. I just like that James White picked out the mic for Cam this year multiple times. Yeah. Remember all the times that uh, a running back called out the mic for Tom Brady? It never happened. Wake up. 
The guy sucks. I don't care if he was the MVP in 2015. Carson Wentz probably could have won an MVP in 2017, and nobody wanted him. Nobody even wanted I, – I have a saved tweet about Matt Ryan months ago where everybody's like, no, why would we want Matt Ryan? We have Cam. Shut up. I don't want to hear from you anymore. You hear me? This is it. This is it. It's over. You're no done, kiddo. Talk. You're done, kiddo. You're done, You're done kiddo. You hear me, mate? I'm bloody sick of your takes, and I don't want to hear them anymore. How was that? Was that good? Is that a yeah, good accent? Or? Good job. You're bloody done, kid. It's He's time finished. to hang him up. He's finished. He finished. sucks. He sucks at football. Finished. Look, if we finished. want him to come play fullback, cool. Rushing touchdowns. Shut the hell up. Rushing touchdowns. Get eight touchdown passes. He had eight. And literally, oh, like eight of his rushing touchdowns of his 14, they could have easily been handed off to a running back. They just they let Cam run it in to boost his ego so that Bill can say, see, he has 14 rushing touchdowns. That's not so bad. Cam, and I love it too, because Bill Belichick, the guy who said stats are for losers, literally quoted Cam's stats from a loss against the Texans. Oh, no. 350 yards passing last week. Literally like 68 oh, of them no. came on a last second Hail Mary that fell short of the end zone to Izzo, but whatever. You know, who's who, who's counting? Stats are for losers. You're damn right they are. They're for Cam Newton. I think the importance this offseason, like we highlighted with Barth, is just to create this environment that's very good for quarterback. And also just no more Cam and no more Stidham's because they're not the answer. Stidham can go too. I don't care. He sucks. You hear me, Spike King? I love you, buddy. Probably doesn't listen anyways. You hear that? He sucks. So stop with your hashtags for future crap. Stidham is dog shit. Your takes aren't far off. <laughs> and Cam sucks. How's that? You're preaching Cam, right now. Spike, Spike King is the Cam Newton of tweets. You know, let's be honest. We're trying to teach him how to tweet. Yeah. So far, he's not doing that bad. He's not. He's, he's not he's better also, lately. He's, but he has streaks where he's not very good. Like he's kind of like Kobe Bryant, you know. <laughs> like he has those weeks where he just doesn't feel like passing, and it's just very. It's not good. Like he just has these these tweets that just aren't good sometimes. But then he has a stretch of some good ones, and then like other times it's just like he goes um, back like, to some, hashtags just, for future crap. But look, let's be honest. If you are going to sit here and tell me that Jarrett Siddham's the future and you hate Cam, you sound silly because they both suck. I don't want either. Stidham is awful. I'm so ready for just Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that fair? I'm just so ready for it. Please make it happen. An upgrade is an upgrade. An upgrade is an upgrade. upgrade. Things are going to be hard for us Patriots fans for a few years, okay? That's part of being a fan. All right? That's part of being a fan. It's not always easy. And then what if you what if you take your offense, you weaponize it, and even if you have Jimmy, and let's say you get, you get lucky enough, you get to draft a quarterback, what if he turns out to be good, and then you can just easily cut parts with Jimmy, and then and then from then on out, you have a great quarterback, rookie quarterback with great or maybe weapons around. Somehow Jimmy sees that like Tom Brady did as motivation. Maybe Jimmy finds a way to start staying healthy. And then Jimmy ends like with Aaron Rodgers. Start- 
like what Aaron Rodgers did this year. Yep, maybe Jimmy eliminates the stupid plays that get him hurt. Because I've seen him get hurt a few times where it was just on him, where like he didn't know how to fall or he took a play too long. He had a couple unlucky injuries, like he had the ACL. Yep, which you can't even Brady had an ACL. So let's be fair about the ACL. Um, the first injury in New England, that was on him because he didn't fall correctly. He kind of took a shot while he was on the move. Can't do that. Tom Brady kind of created knowing how to fall. Um, he had another one his first year in San Francisco. He led them to like a 4-1 record on a terrible team where he was just scrambling. And instead of just getting out of bounds, he tried to like truck a guy and he tore his ACL. You know, maybe he finally straightens some of those things out and he shows up and he balls out. Kyle Shanahan had to take plays out of his offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. Josh McDaniels never or had do to we, do that. Do, LB, do we think that this report isn't coming from anything Patriots? It's coming from, like, the 49ers because they want someone to trade for Jimmy G. They I hope. just want to cut him. I'll they gladly just take just Jimmy. Cut him. I don't think people understand. I'll gladly. I want that And then what if, what if Belichick He's actually – It's true that Belichick thinks that he liked Jimmy G, but then he – he doesn't like all of his injuries and how often he gets hurt. Because there were some people to say that. Hmm. I'm sure he doesn't like it. I'm sure he doesn't like it. But you know what? I'll still take him. Hey, would you rather get three games of Jimmy or 14 of Cam? Yeah, I'll take the three games of Jimmy. Um, <laughs> rookie QB. I'm good. I think they should draft a QB in the second round. Trask, something like that. Uh, somebody said Newman. I don't care. Whatever. Draft a quarterback in the second, third round. Keep the pressure on uh, Jimmy. And if Jimmy does get hurt, you go to the youngster. That's that. But they need a quarterback who knows how to run their offense. No, no, no more of this read option bullcrap. Tired of it. No well, more. Maybe, of they, maybe, maybe they use all their assets to move up next year. And then they, they try to get Sam Howell, who's going to be a really good quarterback from UNC. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. I'm fine with that too. And they and they sign all of their they use all of their cap space on weaponizing the offense. It's already got a great offensive line. There's some stuff you can still do. Defense will probably be much better than last year. You know what's incredible is we went through like 20 years of just pure dominance, and I don't know if there's ever been a bigger offensive like like a bigger off season than this. Is this the biggest off season we've seen in? When Trent Brown you know? gets traded, it's it's generally like the best. It's not only like the biggest move in the offseason, <laughs> and it's the big most important offseason. But then your your offseason is so much. It's the offseason is so much better. It's so much more fun when you know that you have Trent Brown on your team, and other teams have to line up human beings, and sometimes one at a time against them every single every single game. And your entire summer is going to be memeing Trent Brown. And it's just, it's the best ever. So th- this is why I'm not sure that this offseason isn't the best offseason ever. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's going to have to weep because this is it. This is the pinnacle. I mean, they're going to be. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> 730 a.m. And there's going to be a picture of Trent Brown working out really hard. And by this time, we'll have our quarterback that the Patriots have drafted. And we all, like, talk ourselves into him. We're like, no, you know, actually, he's going to be the next best Tom. He's going to be, like, the next Tom Brady. He's the best ever. And we have this awesome offensive line. We signed all these weapons, traded for some weapons, got Cooks back. And we just talk ourselves into the Super Bowl again, you know? (laughs) We could be there. We could be there. I hope so. I miss the days of just going into one. Not the Patriots. We, you and I. Because we just did this. 
listen, what we say matters more than anything the Patriots say. All right. We I think I think history would show that that is true. History would show that. What's more important than L. Bryson? You name it. If if somebody can give me a good answer, tag us. Tell you what, if anybody that if you're still listening to this pod, tag us. And uh, you say something more important than what L. Bryson thinks, and we will. I don't know. I'll I'll kiss my cat on the lips. We'll get the lots. intern to send you a very nice DM. Yeah, the intern will send you a nice DM. How's that? <laughs>